Bye, Bible buds. <laughs> it's the Lord's day again. It's Here the we Lord's are. day, dude. We have cometh again on the Lord's day. We have. Um. Oh, cometh shouldn't be a word that exists. I don't like that. No. No. Is really it a word? Don't. Uh, King James would say so. King James is a wild dude. Uh, I agree. All right, well, we're just picking up right where we left off. Good old book of Matthew. Yeah, good old book of Matthew. We stopped at chapter 7, after chapter 7. Yeah. After talking about, so we ended talking about the rock is what we ended oh, on. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. Did I mention I mentioned my tattoo probably? Yep, yep absolutely. Yeah, I, w- I would. We talked about that. Cool. And, um, cool. That is, that is kind of where we left off. Um, okay. Episode two. You know, we're just we're just getting in the groove here and figuring it you, out, figuring it all out. Do you think we'll make it through more than six pages today? <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe. I think that we'll make it through of some pages. I, I think, think I think it'd be cool if we got you know. I th- you know what I think? I think we'll make it through however many Jesus wants us to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my hot. Take. I mean, yeah, we probably shouldn't be thinking about it. I think that's missing the whole point, right? And actually, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Real quick here. Um, yeah, did you want to... In terms of thinking. No. I mean, first well, of all... I do have a note about that, but... First just because this is, this is like a very new podcast, and we didn't really... Sure. Uh, we, uh, we got very caught up in, in talking, like, introducing yeah. our experiences we're with little, the church and whatnot. We're a little excited. Yeah. We're excited. Absolutely. Um, what we did not explain is this is a very casual, like... It was like our version of a Bible study that's, like, very casual. Yeah. Um, so casual that maybe, maybe a lot of you know getting buttered over here, getting some reefer, you know. Buttered. The Bible starts out in the the land Look, of the Cush Mountains, okay, for sure. And also, the Bible says all all that is green on the earth is for is for you and your lungs. So <laughs> <laughs> it's ordained. It's I mean, ordained. yes. So the reefer, like Jesus, smoked weed. That's a historical fact. I mean, we. I think that chapter four proves that Jesus did psychedelics. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, just having <laughs> so like chats with the devil. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude was stoned. But what does Jesus say about White Claw, Daryl? <laughs> why Why would you bring up White Claw? No one's drinking White Claw here. <laughs> why would you fucking throw me under the bus like that? Yo, no one's supposed to know <laughs> that I'm drinking White Claw. I'm just trying to get God us a sponsorship, it. man. That would be nice. I'm trying to get... W- White. Well, look, here's the thing is Jesus turned water into wine and whatnot. So I think he's down. I think if he was here today, he would obviously turn water into White Claw because it's just like it's booze water. Yeah. So that makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, that's the situation. We're just, you know, having a casual hang. Yeah. And uh, yep. as, as we spoke about in episode one, we don't really know what the fuck we are talking about no you know it's no just i cannot emphasize that point <laughs> enough <laughs> two fellas yeah strolling through the bible and, and, and yeah know. i like to say things confidently but you should know that i have no idea what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> i'm just i am just making shit up as i go along so and i think i've already found um inconsistencies with things that i know that i said and on the first episode that now just like going back through notes in the Bible, I'm like, Oh, that's just like not even true. Why would you say <laughs> just do you, do you have any like, okay. Examples okay. Of, okay. Of, okay. Like, uh, 
like right where we're, where, where we're about to start, chapter 8, Matthew, the title of this first little part is The Man with Leprosy. And uh, I mentioned in the first episode that my footnote was um, that this leprosy term was potentially just like any skin condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not really fair because actually what the footnote says is uh, Greek word was used for various disease diseases affecting the skin so it's a oh. little more than a condition it could be like and skin I like, cancer yeah i was like well that's pretty unfair of me to to conflate uh disease with condition because yeah condition it softens it quite a bit yeah i was obviously trying to make a point but um just little <laughs> stuff like that when i'm like oh you're kind you're kind of a dick <laughs> for saying that a little bit you yeah. not i mean that one who cares about leprosy it's not even a thing anymore but Actually, it probably is in third world countries. Like again, see here I am, just like I'm just You're making shit up. To life. Just making shit up. Yeah, spewing it out of my <laughs> fucking privileged mouth. I think you know. So yeah, everyone should just know that. Don't come to this podcast to try to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come from, come from the hang. Yo, it's also very much on these listeners, though, if they want to go spew your nonsense as as truth oh my goodness <laughs> that's please, on them please do not <laughs> um i created an instagram for the for the thing you did yeah it's just bible buds so we're we're a fish now we got a we got a gram official i mean yeah i we're figured by gram. episode two we'll probably have like a logo and all these things up i also made an email if anybody wants to share their Besides DMing us with their discrepancies or their thoughts, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Or if you just yeah, if you have a something to add, you know, maybe maybe me or Dan is riffing on something, and you're like, just n- feel compelled to remind us how dumb we are, or yeah, you want to add to the conversation, yeah. that'd be great. Or if you just want some advice, I would love to do unsolicited advice. Uh, we could pray for people, dude. If we could lift people up, I would. Lift, I'll <laughs> lift people up. I'll raise them up. Um, is there anything better in the world than unsolicited advice from somebody? No, it's the best. It's my favorite. Yeah. I love it when someone just is like, you know what you should do about that? Yeah. You know, I was, uh, yeah, I helped Savannah move into this to this new apartment and this guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you trying to like tell everybody about your good deeds right now? No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. Because if you want to do that. Right. I helped, another, a man, I helped a man push his car yesterday. That was another thing I know <laughs> that I said in the first episode is I was like, you know what everybody hates is people who brag about their good deeds. But like, that's pretty harsh, one. And two, like, I do that all the time. I'm always bragging about cool shit that I've done and like trying to, trying to you know, raise myself up. So <laughs> yeah, just want to put, put that out there too of like, I'm not judging people. Like, I'm kind of, I'm not great. None of us are. No. So yeah, I just want to put that out there. I'm not on any high horse over here, really not. Anyway, so this guy, this landlord, just out of nowhere is like, hey, by the way, when you have kids, which <laughs> was just like right out of the gate was like pretty big assumption. Whoa there, guy. Like, you know nothing about me. But he's like, when you have kids, it gets better. He goes, make sure you send them to summer camp. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? Like, he's, he said that and just stopped there. And then he was like, Long pause, because, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is getting good. 
because then when they go off to college, the transition is so much easier. This was like in the context of nothing, but this just—he just said this out of nowhere. And and also is the is he talk- my most favorite piece of solicited unsolicited advice I've ever gotten in my life. It was, it was insane. I loved it. It was great. I'm also just very curious if that if he's making the transition easier for himself, or is it for the kids? I think it was more. I think it was more focused on him. He was pretty neurotic and, and anal, so because I think I, it was about him. Yeah, at that point, it's just like, oh, you're trying to prepare yourself for not having your kid in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. But by sending your kid to summer camp for like a week or two, like that's not... You ever do a summer camp? That's like an where extended... I, d- I just for sort a, of camp? Just for a week at a time. Was it... Was it a that's where I found... That's where I found the Lord. That's where I was Oh, saved. yeah, the Jesus camp. Yeah, I've been to lots of Jesus camps. Dude, have you seen that? You've seen that documentary, yeah? Jesus camp. Oh yeah, it's that was rough. Yeah, um, that's it's pretty old now. It's probably f- yeah, fifteen, ten to fifteen. Yeah, years I old went at to. I've started going to s- winter camp and summer camp when I was in like fifth grade, sixth grade maybe, fifth grade. I feel like, uh, and I used to go to s- Christian family camp every summer with the whole fam. Recording of this? What is that? I'll take a sip. A sip? There's yeah. an ashtray next to you. Cool. Um, yeah. I never went to... I, I, I did some, like, day camp stuff through the Catholic Church where we would just, like, make crafts. Yeah, that sounds very Dude. VBS. You know about VBS? Vacation, v- vacation Bible study. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was more like make crafts for the Lord. Like, I know we made we made these uh, these wooden crosses... Speaking of crafts for the Lord, I saw a book at Pals a couple weeks ago. Th- I, I didn't know that there was like this whole craft section in Pals. So I just happened upon it. And there was a book. That's a bookstore here in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, there was Famous. a book. Um, there was a book. I, I wish I could remember the title. I wish I'd taken a picture of it. But it was basically like crafting for Jesus. And it was all it was all like here are things that you can make to like bring a little more Jesus into your home. And it was wild stuff. It was like, you know. One of them was like a little kitty collar that had like a cross hanging from it. And there's some weird stuff. And I was like, this is pretty insane that this exists Um, and that somebody like published this. Someone's like, yeah, people will buy this for sure. And I was just like, God damn, fucking America. Well, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's the it's like. It's so easy to monetize religion in in ways like that. It seems like you know, crafting for Jesus. It's that uh, righteous gemstone stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, yeah, we did some crafts though. I made a wooden cross. Uh, crazy thing though, I brought that cross home that day, and I was running up the stairs with it, and like nearly impaled myself <laughs> with it, dude. It like. <laughs> I have a scar on my neck, like it, like I fell it with it up you. the stairs. What, what did, what do you think you did to deserve that? What did you do to piss off Jesus so much? I don't know. He was trying to cast you out <laughs> into the unquenchable flames of hell with the cross. Yeah, man. dude, it was trying brutal. to take you down with the same thing that took him down. That's, That's what savage. I'm saying. Like I, I, I probably should have taken more away from that experience, but I was How eight years old. You're eight. <laughs> so That's like a, it's a little spooky. It's a little spooky to like almost death by cross in a different way. Sure. Um. Anyway, there's an email too. It's BibleBudsPDX at gmail dot com. So you can email no. your uh, <laughs> hit, oh, us, oh, hit us hit us hit us with that advice <laughs> that you need or um you know if you are gonna email us I would say 
it needs to include one piece of unsolicited advice if I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so say what I was, you start with that, with the unsolicited advice, and then say whatever you need to say. And then I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> but if it doesn't start with like a gem, then I'm not, I'm not interested. Um, I need all the help I can get, y'all. Here we go. Let's talk about we, the Bible. We're going to talk about the Bible. Um, been jump trying, back in, you know, here. trying to implement these things into my life. <laughs> yeah. So let's t- let's just talk a little bit about like kind of where we're at in the story. Okay. So we're on ch- we're starting with chapter eight. Yeah. Basically, all that's happened of Matthew. All that's happened is like Jesus gets born through a miracle. Uh, you know disappears for 30 years into Egypt or whatever. We don't really know. Uh, comes back, is in Nazareth, and starts, like, yeah, basically just starts, like, preaching and whatnot. And it's basically all we've covered is, like, a few chapters of Jesus's like, first teachings. Um, and he's healing. He's healing a lot. He's healing, and he's, like, sharing the good word of... Sharing the good word. He's, like, doling out, he's doling out mushrooms and, and joints and stuff. Um, to the blind so that they can see and yeah yeah that's pretty much where we're at so and then we yeah a lot of parables yeah and a lot of healing is kind of what's going on (laughs) and that's where eight kind of picks up with the man with with leprosy i mean he just keeps he's right back at it you know he's like clearing up clearing up those skin diseases and conditions and whatnot um, and then same thing with this woman, you know, this whole, the, the faith of the centurion, that whole story <laughs> is pretty, pretty out there. Um, oh, you think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, it's very wild. Um, oh wait. Yeah. I won't, that one's pretty out there. There's another one that, that gets the one, the Canaanite woman one is really out there. It just makes no sense, but, oh yeah. So by the way, oh no, we're not there yet. Anyways, I don't really, you know, I just, I just don't know if I have that much to say here at the beginning of chapter eight. Like he's just, he's just, he's healing people. Yeah, he's healing. You know? I, I have, yeah, more on like the cost of following Jesus mm-hmm. is like where I have some notes in the sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Jesus is healing people. Jesus heals many. Um, I will say, though, I do have a what the fuck King James oh, perfect. Uh, right out of the gate. What the fuck King James? Chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus says, uh, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I just that weeping and gnashing of teeth thing is really that's unsettling for me. I don't like it. Yeah. And I wish that Jesus wouldn't say it that way because it's not that's and like what what is what did these children do? Well, the in this version it says, you know, but the subjects of the kingdom will be cast out into darkness. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer dark it's just very harsh and the weeping and gnashing of teeth, I couldn't find anything on that in terms of like, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. And the subjects are just the the non-followers, like the Jews. Like, I read uh, one interpretation where it was just like, these are the Jews. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal, and it is like, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's really hard 
I think for people to get behind this idea of like those that aren't believers are just going to get thrown into the bowels of hell and have their teeth gnashed together. Like it just seems like that's where tortured and shit. That's not, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't jive with the rest of the teachings. Makes no sense. It kind of comes out of nowhere. Well, yeah. And it's, I think it's one of those other things that's like very easy to see where the extremism gets for sure pulled from things like that and it says it right here in the bible so yeah i mean i get it people are like yo you you know you're an adulterer and now i'm gonna gnash your teeth together like jesus told me to (laughs) just just like he said to yeah so anyways what do you you know the cost of following jesus what do you what do you gotta say about that you know there's like this i was just i kind of got caught up on this one part um and it starts on verse 21 where another disciple said to him lord first let me go and bury my father but jesus told him follow me and let the dead bury their own dead yeah what did you what did you take that to mean i was (laughs) you know i was very curious what you may may have thought that to mean um but yeah i don't know i've been struggling to figure out exactly what is trying to be communicating there i really like that one actually but but also like i don't know it's this weird thing of like he's just like telling telling this dude to just like bail and let the dead take care of the dead yeah like i don't give a shit he's kind of like it's kind of like one of those like it's like a really intense boss you know where you're like hey man like i can't come into the office today because my dog died. And your boss is like, yeah, I don't care. Come to work. Um, yeah. Not actually. But anyways, uh, I think that's a cool, I think that's a cool little teaching. And just, I don't think Jesus is necessarily trying to disrespect, you know, our grieving of lost loved ones or whatever. But He's I think not he's trying just to saying, say miss your father's funeral. Yeah, no, I think he's just being like, you know. Because he comes, he says it a few different ways, but yeah, like let the let the dead bury their dead. Um, it's it's out of your control. Like it's done. It happened. Why are you? What are you hanging on to? It's like a to me. It's a it's it's a presence thing. It's like be just just be present in this moment because this is where you're alive right now. And if yeah, if you're just burying the dead, I think it's I think it's more. I think it's deeper too than just like dead people. I think it's everything about your past. It's like you gotta just, you gotta just move on. So if you know, if you fucked up, if other people have fucked you up, um, again, like I don't think it's necessarily like. Yeah, I mean we're all human, and and you got you gotta take care of yourself and, and be safe out there. I mean if someone has like really really hurt you. You know, don't like move on in the sense of, of like, you just know, trying to pretend that like yeah, like still letting that person fuck you up in your life. Like no, 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 fuck that. But I am. It's like, but you you gotta move on. I think he's saying you know you just gotta you gotta let some of that shit go so that you can just keep moving through the world and like not have it hold you down so much. Yeah, you gotta like trust trust the process. And it's yeah, it's interesting because a lot of like there's a lot of like new shit coming out in psychology. A lot of these like kind of famous like Instagram psychiatrists and psychologists and stuff um, that are it's really like hyper hyper focused on like you got to like heal from all your trauma and everybody has trauma from like childhood because like childhood 
being a human just is traumatic. It's shit. Just, I mean, yeah, you don't have to get, you don't have to have something awful, awful happen to you, like watch your parents die or like something really horrible, for the for you to have experienced a level of trauma that is still held in your body today. Um, but it's just interesting that kind of parallel. Like that's a little bit more backed up by science and saying that like, look, you're you're holding this trauma in your body so then when things happen that trigger you like you have this like trauma response the stress response and like it's fucking with you it's making you anxious and depressed and whatever and like a path to healing through that is like dealing with your trauma and moving past it so that you can uh, like integrate it let it go um i just think it's interesting that like jesus is kind it's sort of nodding to that two thousand years ago yeah it's just yeah it's so gnarly to try to find the light when you're that far down the hole in anything. It's one of those, yeah, I think it's, and I think a lot of the stuff that Jesus says, and part of the reason that he's always teaching in parables is because, like, if he tries to say it just so plainly, yeah, I mean, if you, if you had, in this specific scenario, if you had just lost your dad and this prophet is like, fuck your dad, don't, like, don't worry about burying him, just follow me, you're not seeing the, like, deeper message of that you're just like yo that's pretty harsh yeah like why aren't why don't you care about me you know but it's like no he does he cares so much about you that he's trying to like deliver this nugget of wisdom but it's just it's it's one of those things where like it's so on the surface the language is so simple and like this kind of commandment that he's giving to this disciple is so simple um and it's has so many deep levels to it but the the initial level is just like yeah, it's it's very harsh. Yeah, I think it also like definitely can tie into like some of the um, if you have good eyes, for sure thing, and vice versa with the darkness of just you can let all that encompass you. Yeah, it makes it very hard to like follow. For sure, yeah, that it's, next thing I, through. I think letting the bury letting the dead bury their dead. It is it's a way of keeping your lens clean for sure. Yeah. You know, otherwise it gets a little murky. And then, yeah, you I, we talked a little bit about this last time. Yeah, you can't you can't just live in the darkness. I mean, you got to acknowledge it. You got to work with it. But you can't just live in it because then the whole world becomes that because the world is however you see it. So, yeah, yeah. it's I don't know. It's just kind of wild how that stuff can build up and be as simple. It's as simple as the uh, cleaning your room thing. Like if your room isn't clean. You're not going to have like a clean life. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. For sure. I I hear that. So. Anyways, this next section is pretty great. And this is like a little bit of like a, I like to call this like, oh, Jesus is kind of a prankster. Jesus calms the storm. Jesus calms the storm. But like, can we just talk about the fact that. <laughs> yeah. So disciples are out in the boat um, on this lake. And a furious storm comes by and, like, sweeps over the boat. Yeah. Jesus is sleeping on the boat, which, I don't know. I didn't realize that, like, fucking God would need to sleep, but whatever. Um. <laughs> anyways, and then, yeah, the disciples are like, yo, wake up, Jesus, and save us, please, because we're going to drown. And his immediate response is just like, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Like, stop being such little bitches. Yeah. And it's like, yo, come on, man. Like, just help them out like you're here sleeping they're they're like genuinely i don't know it just seems very well, not yeah, compassionate. Yeah, yeah we we talked we touched upon this a little bit just as, as far as 
Jesus having a lot of these moments where someone is is quick to complain or like point out uh, something bad going on, and he's just like, "You're a man of little faith." Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, it happens a bunch. But also, I mean, the teaching I get out of this is is it's very much about maintaining composure, you know, sure, and, and not letting the panic settle in. Yeah, and, I think there's uh, some of that, and, for sure. And yeah, and having and Jesus the faith that like you can somehow weather this storm. And it's it, gonna pass, baby. But all it, things, all things come to an end, yeah, even the storm, for sure. Um, but Jesus does calm the storm. He does that. So to his credit, I mean, he he kind of shits on the disciples for a second. It's like, <laughs> all y'all have little faith, and then watch this. Yeah. And then the disciples have faith again because they're like, oh shit, he did it. Kind of this teaching though, of like most things will subside. Like, yeah, it's you gonna pass. Will got it. Get through this. Mm-hmm. It's it's so weird though, like how we have as humans kind of have to learn that lesson over and over. Dude, so much of being alive is just re is forgetting and then relearning the same lessons. That's why it's so hard to get to like the fucking Buddha level of like you know enlightenment. Is because yeah, we're we're just you have to be reminded all the time of like little lessons. You know, make yeah. sure that you wipe your ass like really good. Otherwise, it gets a little itchy. <laughs> you know, that's one that I actually don't have to learn anymore because I have a bidet. <laughs> so I'm all good. Oh, you fancy. Yeah, I moved on. Um, but but also. I think it's also like this thing of. You know, if the storm doesn't subside, then like this is it. This is the end. And, right. you know, and, and there's nothing you can but that's the thing, really like, do about the that storm either. will subside once you die. Right. So, yeah, it might be your end, but like the storm still comes to an end no matter what. Yeah. That Even is, if it takes uh, you down. That is something I very much got the glimpse of this. Uh, I think the most like recent time. I did a high level of psychedelics was with you out of Joshua Tree. I don't do psychedelics, Daniel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've changed my mind. I and I'm rewriting my history. Allegedly, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Allegedly. we we did do that. Had the some sweet, of that mushroom goo. mushroom goo, and I think that that was one of the times that it very much clicked in for me. Like, hey. The world is still moving, yeah. You know, without you, with you know, because we're in this pretty isolated space, and uh, definitely like had a lot of intent to like just like not really deal with a phone that those few days, and yeah, it was and really like it was turn, a turn it was it a off. fun little vision quest. It was really like we had a full day leading up where we were kind of just like preparing for the experience you and then we had the full day of the experience and it was great that like I, I feel like everyone that was there was like pretty serious about you know like this is like a it's a psychedelic ceremony we're not trying yeah to, we're not we're not doing this we're not me at 19 trying to just get fucked up on a drug yeah it's like this is not a drug it's a path to like yeah deeper understanding of yourself and there's a lot that can be learned um and you might you might die that day and not like physically but it sounds like maybe you had a small death my shred you know i've had that on shed some skin yeah but that's a you know wild what's, experience you know what's cool about that type of experience is that there was never a moment where we ever talked about 
how this would happen, like the intent of everybody. You know, it, it was like we all went out on it this was thing, a, and we knew unspoken. that we knew that we were, um, you know, that like day two, the middle day, that you know we were gonna dabble in some some goo, but there was never like, hey, we're all gonna do this together at the same time, and then this is going to happen like it just all like unfolded and everybody seemed to uh really want to get something out of it yeah yeah like everybody seemed to have yeah everyone was similar intention everyone was really going for it everyone took quite a bit the most i've ever done um yeah i mean i kind of i kind of fucked up and took like way too much weight fast on like an empty stomach and just like i just remember yeah like i started tripping very quickly like 20 minutes in i was already like yeah right, i'm getting were, pretty like, hey, feeling pretty uneasy and <laughs> time Andy's, to go for a walk and he's got to go for a long walk right now the walk of metaphors yeah is what and we did, it's what we did we were dan and i are walking walking up this like rocky boulders, mountain like hillside stuff. whatever and we're like man it's just like you know talking about stupid stoner it's about the journey not the destination we're talking you got to just keep putting yeah. one foot in front of the other it's all like as we're doing it. I'm like, yeah, man, it makes so much sense. It's some it's deep so shit, funny, dude. Just like it's, it's something as little as you maybe go up to this section of it one way, and then I go up the other way, and it's yeah. just like we both made it to the same place, man. Yeah, like, we took two different paths, <laughs> but here we are together again. And life is like that. Sometimes you're gonna diverge from your friend a little bit, but hey, you might come back together, or maybe you don't. Yeah. I just remember like stepping on on some uh, some shrub, some like shriveled up plants, and it's like nobody cares about these little plants, dude. Like everybody's worried about stepping on the the pretty flowers. Yeah, no one cares about no these. love for the shrubs. Step step right all over these damaged <laughs> <laughs> desert shrubs. Yeah, I know. It made me think about like what are the shrubs in your life right now that you're not <laughs> that you don't give a shit about because they're there. They're st- still, you know, they should be tended to yeah. a little bit. Don't just, yeah, don't just stomp on them. The point of that was, though, is that, like, at a certain point that day, I just kind of realized that, yeah, like, the world just keeps moving. It doesn't matter whether yeah. you're there. It don't need you. Or not. And I obviously, you start to see that in, in the death of people as well. Sure. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. The storm, man. Yeah, that's a really short. It's funny that story is so short. It's like in the middle of a chapter. Jesus, Jesus is healing people. Um, Jesus says, "Let the bed bury their dead," and then it's just like, and then the disciples all almost died because of the storm <laughs> as they were sailing. It's like, what were they sailing to? What were they sailing from? Why was Jesus sleeping while everyone else was awake? Like, yeah, what can we just can Matthew? Can you just acknowledge for a moment why Jesus needs a cat nap? No, like, he can't because he doesn't appear until this chapter <laughs> coming up. <laughs> That's right. I do have a quick note, though, on this next one. Jesus is back onto the healing. He's busting out the tinctures again. Oh, the demon-possessed man? Yeah. Yeah. So I read this really interesting book recently, and it's a pretty, it's a, it's like a very famous book. It's called The Demon Haunted World. It's written by Carl Sagan. Um, it's really like, it, it's, it's promoting intellectualism and really railing against you know, kind of the, it's funny because it was written in like the 80s or 90s, but it's, it's railing against like the anti-intellectual movement, people believing in things. Um, it's not necessarily religion, but people believing in things that like have no evidence, like alien abductions and, um, you know, vaccines not working and astrology and whatever. Like, um, and I, it's so interesting to me that he 
at first, when you're first reading it, it's interesting that he called it the Demon Haunted World. It's also very interesting that he opens up with just talking about alien abductions, talking about how he's super fascinated with aliens um, and how he wants this to be true, but it's just not. And the parallel that he draws essentially is like the idea of demons and like beings from another dimension or whatever different plane of existence like fucking with us here on Earth. That story is as old as time. And his theory is basically just like the alien abduction thing is just the same story with a facelift. But yeah, I thought that that was such an like once he made that connection, I was like, oh, shit, it's very it's a very smart, astute observation. And he has all of these like really interesting accounts of demon possession going back. Excuse me, like thousands of years, a lot of them from like the Middle Ages Um you know, 12, 1300s, and a lot of those accounts, like, they do kind of sound like alien abductions. It's like a demon floated through floated through the wall and, like, you know, inseminated me with whatever, like, like did, like, some kind of procedure with its yeah. demon dick, and then, yeah, like, it's, there's just a lot of parallels between the, these old demon stories and, like, an alien abduction, and it's super interesting. Um and it's like where it's funny he doesn't i don't feel like he gets that deep into like he thinks it's basically like a mass hallucination or whatever i think it's all real no i think he (laughs) i I believe in exorcism i believe it no but i think that like i just think the demon thing is so interesting it's like very symbolic and it's a kind of universal thing in every culture and um yeah like what what are they like are they just pieces of like your shadowy subconscious that are just coming up much i don't know yeah it's a very interesting thing that it's like there um you think it's like a completely manic type thing like people are in those states because that is really interesting you know like people have exorcisms performed on them Mm -hmm. for these types of things and it's like what kind of state is somebody in when it is necessary for this to happen yeah but dude the power of belief is pretty fucking insane i mean first off i think that people who think that they're possessed by a demon or think that you know alien dicks have been like fucking with them at night uh up in a you know flying saucer like they they believe it absolutely they believe that and i think if you believe with your whole fucking being that you are possessed by a demon you become that demon i think yeah i think there could there's some psychosomatic symptoms that might surface and like it can make you physically ill it really can't i mean like the brain is very powerful there's a crazy connection between mind and body um and you can think you're i mean you can die of a broken heart I don't know if that's actually true, um, but yeah. but you know people say that I don't yeah and I but you can you can think yourself into being sick. That's another thing that psychedelics kind of teach you a little bit is like how powerful your mind is in terms of like controlling your body. Like you can think yourself into being sick, and you can um, you know like what like mind over matter type thing. Yeah, you know you can you can have the experience of going into icy cold water and you can either freak the fuck out like I do every time or you know you can be a baller and just be like yep it is cold 
Right. And I'm so disconnected from my like, I just I have to, I have decided to disconnect myself so much from my body that like I am experiencing the feeling of being very cold, but I don't care. Right. It's just that choice of pushing through. And which I think uh, is yeah, it's ultimately, it's ultimately, um, I think with the cold water example. Actually, I had this epiphany in November. I was like, oh, I think I've always... And I had this epiphany related as well to just being in the present moment. I was like, I've always tried to think myself into not being super cold. But it's all of the thinking that is making you so miserable. Right. The thinking about being cold is what makes it so awful. I was like, you just... To be... To do it right. And I did. I like went into this super, super cold lake up in Washington in the, the at the end of November... And it's like 45 degrees. Um, and I f- like by the end of the weekend, I went in and I did have one where like I was able to like keep it together because instead of trying to think myself into like being strong and not freaking out, I was like, no, you just just experience the cold, like be so present in the moment that like that's all you're focused on instead of trying to escape it via your thoughts or whatever. That's what makes you super miserable so it's actually not really being detached it's being so connected to your body that you can just do it and i made that same connection with like being in the present moment sorry guys i know we're on a real tangent here from the bible yeah but being in the present moment i was like had the same realization where i was like oh i'm always trying to think myself into the present moment to get into the present moment you have to stop thinking and it's such a it's weird a mind fuck dude that's like what meditation is all about and for you know but it, it is it is such a mind fuck um but it's true, man. I mean, I'm never happier than when I'm just like fully present um, in the moment. And part of being fully present is being is really feeling grounded in your body. You yeah. Know, and being really connected to your body. Your skin. Yeah. So there's like there's so many interesting elements. But when Jesus, do, well, you know, hopefully we'll get to it today. Maybe not. because We're already like 30 minutes <laughs> in and we've gone through a half a page. But <laughs> Classic <laughs> Bible buds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 10 episodes to get through the Gospel of Matthew. Um, but Jesus does have some interesting things to say about not thinking. I think I'll just I'll bring up one right now. He talks about, you know, he talks about children towards towards the end of this, I think. Um, or maybe it's coming up. I don't know. But anyways, like, oh, yeah, it's coming up in chapter 11. He talks about how, like, children, like, get it, you know? Yeah. Like they just get it. And I think part of that is because like a child, a young child is so much more uncorrupted by like language uh, and thought patterns that have like been built into them. And so they just are closer to God. Like they're closer to like the pure experience of being and they're able to be present in the moment, which I think is, you know, kind of my understanding of God is just like pure. It's just being it's just isness or whatever. Uh, and yeah, so being being in the present moment is a way to tap into that, and kids can do it because they're not they're not thinking so hard, and so goddamn much. Yeah, your um your lens isn't as corrupt or informed at that point too. For sure. Know? Like I don't really remember. I don't know. It's just like yeah, what age was it that I started overthinking everything? Yeah. And you know. Yeah, for sure. Is there a um, I don't know. Do you have any like practices of like what makes it easy for you to be present or do you think it's like environments that bring that out in you? I mean, environments help a lot. 
think what I learned in 2019, and again, it sounds so simple, but like once I actually put it, started putting it into practice, I was like, man, this is a game changer. Is yeah, getting into your body, like really, and like when I meditate and do work on like little, you know, kind of the more like Eastern practices of like you know Kundalini practices or whatever, it's to like get myself into my body. Because if you can really feel, like super feel in your body, then again, it's just a, it's removing your desire or ability to be thinking so goddamn much. And if you can pull yourself, really, really pull yourself into your body and feel like grounded to whatever environment you're in, then you're you're starting to tap into the present moment. Yeah. Speaking of people tapped into the present moment, I just a quick note on the healing of the demon-possessed men. So what Jesus does is he... He takes the demons out of their bodies and he casts them into these pigs. Yeah, dude. And then all of the pigs from this town run off of a cliff. And the, the story ends with the town coming to Jesus and being like, please leave. Like, we're all going to, what the fuck, man? We're all going to starve to death now. You just killed all of our cattle. It says that all of, that everyone, <laughs> the whole town. And then it says those. Concerned. Everyone, not not just a couple. No, I mean, it's just it's just crazy that like. Yeah, the whole it says the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. And then it says, and the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Because it's like, yeah. And I love how, like, it, that's just how the story ends and then it just moves on. But it's like, yeah, Jesus, what the fuck, man? Like, those they needed those pigs to, to live. And he just killed them all. Couldn't you send the demons somewhere else? They had to go somewhere. I don't know. I just thought it made me also it made what, me laugh. What did it the pigs do to deserve to be oh, these demons? Dude, I mean, we'll get into this in chapter twelve. But like Jesus, not a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus does not give a shit about animals. He keeps talking about how That's like another shirt. How much we're getting, we're getting Jesus was not dude, a vegan. Jesus, dude. Jesus wasn't and a vegan or Jesus. Yeah, was not a vegan. I feel like you can't be a serious like spiritual leader today if you don't have like demonstrate some serious compassion for all living things and jesus not to say he didn't but so obviously it's way different time but he's always saying stuff like how much more impo- how much greater is the life of man than a sheep <laughs> it's like yo what the fuck man like you don't value the life of these animals at all he always is using that as like a point to be like this is how much you're you know if god the father can take care of a flower if god the father can take care of a sheep um or whatever like then how much more taken care of are you gonna be because your life is worth a billion times more than a fucking sheep is basically what he's trying to say i just think that's hilarious that he's like so not vegan yeah dude sheep can't carry a message (laughs) i guess so (laughs) or so we think so yeah then it just moves on i don't have any i don't know if i have any notes from i have a couple a couple notes from chapter nine um, but it just kind of bumps, you know, keeps going. Jesus just, like, keeps healing. I mean, this is, uh, this is where Matthew comes into play. Jesus, yeah. Jesus meets the tax man. Yeah. A.K.A. Matthew. I love this verse of, like, Jesus just looks at Matthew and he's like, hey, follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. And I was like, well, damn, that's, Matthew is easily convinced. Or is Jesus is super, is super compelling. Because there's, there, I don't know, there's definitely those people that I've found that I just gravitate towards as soon as i meet them and it's just like yeah this this feels like there's mm. there's a lot of truth here like i want to yeah i want to know more about this i think that maybe like goes somewhat back to the church on the hill thing 
Just like when you yeah, see maybe somebody he, that's yeah, kind of like Matthew that shining just looked light. at Jesus and was like, that dude knows some shit. He's got it together that in some way. Yeah. I mean, he has danced. He's literally danced with the devil. Um, so, but also this is where, you know, he talks about, um, the, uh, that healthy people are not the ones that need doctors when he's approached right. by, the, by like the Pharisees. I haven't known about that. He's yeah. He's like, yo, I'm here for the sick. I'm here for the sinners. They're just like, why are you hanging around the tax man? And the sinners. I like, love, can we talk about how just fucking hated the tax man is? Yeah, right. <laughs> even 2,000 years ago? <laughs> it was just like some strong, like no wonder Republicans, like Christian Republicans are like, yeah, fuck taxes. It's like, <laughs> it's always been it's the, like rooted in, the, in their religion. That's in the Bible too. Yeah. Everyone hates fucking taxes. But yeah, I don't know. It just kind of puts this on display that like Jesus is a man of the people, you know? For and, sure. And he doesn't also, uh, discriminate against who those people are that he's breaking bread with for sure and whatnot and uh yes yeah. it's a it's also like it's some pretty it's pretty wild for the time for sure and it's like some pretty serious like non-dual thinking where he was you know by him just saying like i didn't come for the people who are in good shape in good shape and or or i also didn't come for the people who think they're in good shape yeah and I think those are the ones that Jesus, like those are the Pharisees, you know, for sure. It's like, Look, you've made up your mind that you've got your little shit together. So I'm not here for you either, because apparently you're fine. I'm here for the people that are broken the lost, and and recognize it. Yeah. You know, which, you know, growing up in the church, like this was always taught to me that. And I think this is a good thing to teach people. And so like we are all a little bit broken. We're all not perfect, you know. And, like, I think it's a little harmful to be, like, we're all sinners. Um, it's a little much because there's just so much guilt around that. But, yeah, it's important to remember that, like, in that way, because we're all broken, yeah, Jesus came for everybody because we're all broken. And all you have to do is just recognize your own brokenness, which, again, goes back to this, like, idea of, like, keep working through your trauma so that you can, like, you know, be live a better life for yourself. It's part of that a little bit part of that too like you got to recognize your brokenness and your own humanity so that you can work through it um yeah and, so and hopefully it doesn't in. become like this poisonous thing to not only you but the people around you right or like when you start right. poisoning the well with all all of this shit that is is haunting you and then yeah. every every time you, sure. you end up being like becoming the victim somehow that's right and that goes back to that idea of repentance of the day the daily act of like taking an inventory of your own brokenness that's the way that you can, I think, kind of snap out of that victim mentality. You know, that's what you would need to do. You would need to kind of like have like do a daily practice of like pulling yourself out of that. Otherwise, yeah, you're just going to be you're going to be the perpetual victim. And man, I mean, it's kind of that passage. not a fan of the perpetual that's, victim, Daniel. I feel like that's just such an easy. I mean, easier said than done. But like, that's a very simple passage to learning compassion if you can like always like take inventory of how you're broken or need to get better or whatever because it's just like yeah yeah, dude like you're broken and everyone else is too just in different ways and sometimes in the same way but it yeah yeah Yeah. gets interpreted different for sure and like yeah you know it again this is not by no means is this an ex uh a valid excuse for like abusing people or whatever but you know that saying, hurt people hurt people. Like you have to be hurt 
to want to hurt someone that bad. Right. You know? Like when when someone does something horrific, yeah. it's usually the first thing is like the cycle Yo, of abuse. What the, yeah. happened to this person yeah, that led sure. to this? You don't just And have again, it's not it's not an excuse, but it is um it is relevant to this idea of compassion of re- of remembering like hey, like yeah, awful that that person did that. Awful that there's now another hurt person, but like let's not forget that that person was super hurt. Yeah, let's well. figure out how to break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Um and that's that's a really I mean, you know, props to people. You know, I've never I don't feel like I've ever dealt with anything truly horrific, you know. I've certainly I've dealt with my fair share of like bullying and and whatever when I was a kid, but and I obviously I'm the youngest of four brothers, so you know, I was fucked with quite a, quite a bit as a kid by them. But um I've never I've never like, you know, my dad didn't beat me. Like I n- I've never been sexually assaulted. Yeah. You know, you didn't like lose a parent. At I didn't. An early yeah. Age I wasn't. Mol- I wasn't like molested. Suddenly. I wasn't molested as a kid. Um, and like, those are the things that like can be, you know, being having parents that um, harm you being molested by a family member when you're a child. Like those are things that that you can carry with you. They're so traumatic you carry with you for your whole life. And like that begin the cycle of abuse. And I just like quick shout out to people that have broken that cycle because that is some hard work and that's some like deep spiritual transformation to be like yeah this happened to me and like i'm not but i'm not gonna hurt anybody yeah i'm not gonna lash out in that way um now i understand what you're saying i think it's also like a thing to not like to also realize that whatever your trauma is though just because you haven't experience anything to that magnitude that you, like your shit is valid too because it sure. has informed like your way of thinking and your behavior and that is like you can't measure your thing against another's you, you know, know yeah at yeah at some point because i i don't know i remember I having you. that like a conversation like that with like a friend who you know experienced like something pretty traumatic growing up and i was just like man like my any of my problems feel so insignificant to like what you had to like for sure what you had dealt to you and then but it's it was not, like it took yeah. it took them like saying that like hey man like your shit's you're, valid too. you have your own shit too and yeah and like Look, i don't have to like walk in your shoes for and, like, sure whatever I mean, you've experienced and it's i've heard it said like this like the fact that there's people starving to death in the world does not affect or mitigate how hungry you are today you're still fucking hungry. Yeah. And you shouldn't be like, well, but it's not that bad. It's like, no, you got to eat something. Put something in your butt. You're fucking hungry. Like, you're a human. It's part of the human experience. So, yeah, very similar idea, I think. Um, Yeah. You don't want to get into chapter 10? Or do you have I more? just have a quick have note on, on, on uh, chapter 9, verse 22. Okay. Where, um, you know, this woman is like, wants to get healed. Or no, daughter has died. Uh, and she's sick. Oh, no. Yeah. So just then a woman who had been sub- subject to bleeding for 12 years, God, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She oh, said to yes. herself, if I will only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And then Jesus turned and saw her and was like, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. But I kind of read that and was like, 
I feel like Cloak Lady is a little bit crazy and doesn't deserve shit. Like you just, just because she you grabbed just, you snuck up behind him and like sneakily like grabbed his cloak. Do you think it's I get the story, but like just, just more about this weathered woman still having the desire to reach out yeah, for I mean, healing? Twelve years of bleeding is a long ass time. I th- well, it's about the faith, right? It's about the her belief in the fact that like I can still be healed. Yeah, yeah, and you can. St- it's yeah have that new fire each day thing yeah um that was just my only note was like man cloak lady also a little while there also is like the jesus heals the blind and the mute which is like one of these stories where he (laughs) tells them not to say anything (laughs) yeah and right away which is gonna be real hard for the mute guy because it's just like yo like (laughs) you can find don't say anything (laughs) <laughs> just gave me the ability to speak. Right. But that, yeah, that's like that ultimate test, I feel like. For sure. You know, you finally have the tools to do this thing. I'd love like a little mini series that follows these people. Like a, re- think of like a reality TV show where the but people that have been healed like fault their life after, you know? I mean, like that, uh, there used to be that Cartoon Network show, I think, with, uh, it was like all the washed up superheroes or like what they do during the day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember the name of that show, but that was, I feel like that would be a similar thing. But just the blind and the mute would be like a good little cartoon yeah. series. The blind and the mute, though, is such a cool symbol because, yeah, just this idea of like being able to see and like having, having a voice again through um yeah reconnecting to to god or whatever i don't know it's kind of like a it's just kind of a beautiful notion of like you know you you can see the world in a new way at any moment if you're just willing to like tap into something a little bit deeper yeah i think that's i don't know that seems to be like common amongst maybe people who, who get paralyzed Especially like those extreme athletes who yeah. get paralyzed and then find a way to continue to be like the dopest skateboarder yeah. or skier in the world. and, and Or just like dedicate their lives to like, like there's a lot of that where people are like, yeah, this happened to me. And now I'm just dedicating my, I have, it's a life of service now, you know, I'm just going to help other athletes that have lost their legs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a complete death of who you were yeah. prior that you have to like sure. lean into. And we get into that, you know, like Jesus says, you know, you, you got to die. You got to die. Yeah. Got to die to yourself. And that's part of being, I guess, reborn or whatever. But I was even reading, um, I'm reading uh, The Immortal Diamond from Richard Rohr, which okay. is a really awesome book. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you tuned into the first episode, both of us are fans of, of good Richie. old Richie Rohr. Richie Rohr. Um, and uh, he talks about having to experience death in within yourself even you know moving into a relationship sure and and just how like part of that is like surrendering your single life yeah absolutely and just like really leaning into it that like this is no longer you know mm-hmm. this life like you have to that you're you're experiencing a shared life now it's not sure this solo journey Lots of small deaths. And how much presence can be found in that, he talks about. Hmm. Which is interesting. So, Um. So yeah, chapter 10, 
Jesus just like gives his he just gives his powers. This is where he addresses disciples. the disciples of like gives his powers yeah. to the disciples and it's, it's like time hey, to do work. You got to do work. Go out and heal people. And he's talking physically. He's like, you know, cleanse the leprosy, pop the zits, heal the sick, raise yeah. the dead, raise the dead. I'm like, you are giving them the ultimate power to reverse death. Within one. Right. Or I guess in this case, in what you were just talking about, it's like, it's not erasing death. It's moving past. It's moving beyond it. And like, de- like allowing death to be a part of your life so that and viewing it as a new beginning. Yeah to something else that's raising the dead right because that's raising the dead you're not exactly somebody out of like a dark hole you're not reversing death because you can't you can't reverse anything the arrow of time points in one direction right so that person did die they experienced dying and then they came back so yeah you're raising them into something new absolutely but Um, just wild that he gives them all this power um and then I I don't really quite understand this with him saying like don't go I maybe I'm just not reading it right but he's like don't go among the gentiles or enter any town of the samaritans I'm like aren't the gentiles and the samaritans like the aren't they the lost sheep Yeah I don't sometimes the I translation were, on that stuff is like a really hard uh It's hard to follow I'm like yeah. wait I thought Jesus was here for them It kind of goes back to that um that moment where John loses his shit yeah. on, on the, like the uh, the Pharisees, yeah. It, um, in that moment, it's just like, yo, dude, I thought we were all pr- practicing compassion and yeah. understanding, and, I and how we were doing this love. I thought yeah. God was love. Like <laughs> we were trying to love everybody. You just took a shit on them. You're out people. here playing yourself. Yeah, and Jesus is out here being like, yeah, no, fuck those towns. They don't deserve anything. Um, they just don't get it. Don't go there. Um, and he also has like some harsh shit to say. Um, I guess maybe this is a little bit later. No, yeah, verse fifteen, when he's like, um, basically like, look, if you go into a town and people are not down with what you're there to try and do, just like dust the dust off your shoulders and move on. And let me tell you this: their fate is going to be worse. Than Sodom and Gomorrah on Judgment yeah. Day, and I'm like, there's two parts to that. One, I'm like, Sodom and Gomorrah have to go through more shit. Like God burned those towns <laughs> to the ground, and like turned everyone to stone, and they still like, <laughs> like, it's just like brutal. It's like, yo, didn't don't, didn't they get punished enough? They still have to do this whole judgment thing. I feel like they should get a pass. Um, but also these towns, it's like, oh, they just get they just get the one chance to believe this like crazy looking disciple dude that he can raise the dead and then if they say no which is super reasonable um they're fucked they're more fucked than sodom and gomorrah it's like it's a it's a it's a tough it's and again it goes back to the translation thing because it's just it's so harsh it's so harsh it is it's yeah i don't know man i just don't you know i just like the the newer spiritual teachers like a ramdas or someone like I feel like Ramdas is, you know, he's he was super smart and like had good measured responses to to intricate complex issues, but he like clearly had so much compassion and love. And you never heard that guy say like you know, I don't know, anything even remotely it was always just rooted in compassion. He's not he was never saying anything remotely harsh. Yeah. Really. So there just, just must be that line. Me. 
It's, there's got to be a line, I guess. You think there's a line where it's like some people are just... I mean, maybe... And maybe that line is more about, like, the... Just define really the, recognizing, like, that those are the closed ears. Define like, the line. Define the line. The, you, what do you mean by... Like, you mean people are... Some people are just beyond saving. Some people are beyond... And I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I do think it's it's yeah, it's foolish maybe, to maybe preach to closed ears. I think it, I think it's maybe just like a timing thing too. Like maybe Ooh, those I people like aren't that. ready. I like that to hear the thing. And I mean that's something we've talked about a little bit. Just like yeah, you can't preach to those who don't want to hear the message. And maybe it's just a recognition of that of like hey, you at this point are too toxic for all of this right now, and I need you to come back when you're ready to not be. Yeah, or I just yeah, I, I, I the Sodom and Gomorrah thing is just like so savage. Yeah, I mean it. Also, even just saying what I said still, like, does seem to like miss the message though. Of, yeah, like, but the but compassion you know, to say yeah, but also in that same, I think would I think we just don't get the context, or at least I don't. I'm not going to say you what you don't get. <laughs> That's you. very rude of me. Thank you. But he he does to your point. He says in the next verse, he's like, "I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes, and as innocent as doves." So it's like. Yeah, you gotta be. You gotta look out for yourself. Still, the world is is a gnarly place. Well, and yeah, and uh, there are people out there that like want to hurt you. There are people out there that are like not good people that are not ready to be good, decent, compassionate people yet. And you don't need. They're gonna have to have their own virgin birth or whatever. So you don't need to be out there trying to like deal with those people. Yeah, I think that's maybe. I don't know, kind of something you recognize maybe people that are in the pursuit of recovery or sobriety. It's like it th- that's never going to happen for that person until they w- they want right. to do it. And at that point, you know, yeah, show up, maybe show up for them. But absolutely. But and, and before that, yeah. Yeah. They have to have their own like little inner journey. There is that line of like, all right, dude, like, I mean, I mean I've still I think I will probably continue to struggle with whatever tough love is i don't know if i will ever be somebody that's good at can dole that out practicing tough love tough love is a very like 1920s to 1950s dad yeah. concept. but i you know i, I just I, think I'm of just a football m- coach it's like i am making you cry and abusing you right now because it's, i love you because it's tough love and it's like no you're just a dick yeah <laughs> it's more of just like I don't know. At a certain point, I can't help you. For sure, you know, Everyone has and that's why, like, yeah, you have to do the, you have to want to help yourself first, and then, kind of this meet in the middle situation. I yeah, feel like. yeah. So um, I think that's right. I think that's right. And and moving on past that, I guess it's all part of this same story. But I really like, uh, I really like this section thirty four through thirty six. And I didn't. I never understood this when I was younger, but I I think I get it now. Um, where Jesus is like, "Don't suppose that I came here to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn, quote unquote, a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household." And like to me, that was. Again, this is also like very non-dual paradoxical thinking, but I think 
Jesus is kind of saying like, you know, you got to wake up a little bit and realize that like the whole thing is your family. Everybody is a part of it, you know? So him saying like, I'm going to turn, you know, a daughter against her mother. I don't, he's not saying, I don't think like I'm going to make daughters hate their mothers. No. He's saying I'm making a bigger family. I'm making a bigger family and like it's going to it's going to shake shit up and it's not easy. It's not necessarily about peace. It's not about liking everybody. You don't got to like everybody, but you got to have like some compassion and love for people. And again, even in that with the compassion and love, like what we were just talking about, that doesn't even mean that you have to serve those people or interact with them at all. But you just got to like recognize their core humanity at the very least. And then everything after that, like whatever yeah and you don't have to like understand everything that they do you know and especially there's like a thing of like it's very easy for me to show compassion to you because you're my friend already you know and it's just like and a fucking good one at that (laughs) it's like oh andrew's going so through some shit or whatever and like that's very easy for me to recognize and kind of like want to you know be there in some way or understand it in some way where if it's someone that you do not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like that is like where it's like extremely difficult to show that compassion and for sure. find that understanding of. Yeah. Or even on a on a more on a bigger scale. Again, the fact that we're even today because of our like evolutionary biology, we're all wrapped up in our little groups, you know, um, of like whatever's more like us. In some way. So if you're an American or you're also from the West Coast, or you're also from California, you're also from Oregon, you're also from Portland, you're also from not my neighborhood in Portland, yeah. you're also from my, you lived on my street, whatever it is, like identity. Yeah, it's part of the identity. And just a quick nod to uh, Kurt Vonnegut, who super got this concept. And have you ever read Cat's Cradle? You ever no, read any Vonnegut? I'm I'm uh, I'm on a pursuit this this year to read three books, so I'm going. One of them will definitely be I'll, the Vonnegut one. I'll give you Cat's Cradle. It's very good, and Vonnegut's great because he's so short. His his books are so short; they're packed with like amazing wisdom and meaning. But um, he can just say so much with so few words. So his books are always short, and they're very easy reads. But he has this concept in um, in the book Cat's Cradle of a grand faloon and a cross and a grand faloon is a fake cross. And what a cross is, is like your soul group, um, which I think Jesus is making the case of like, it's kind of everybody. It's kind of everybody. It's like, we're all, we're all part of it. But, um, yeah, like Vonnegut's idea of the grand faloon is like exactly that. It's like your, your bullshit identity of thinking like, you know, he gives the example of like, Oh, you run into, you're on a train you sit down at the bar and the person next to you is like, oh, I also went to Ohio State. He's like, how many fucking people have been to Ohio State? It, they have like 60,000 undergrad students. It's one of the biggest public universities. It means nothing that you both went to Ohio State. There's no connection between you whatsoever. But that is a weird human thing that we like to latch on to like whatever is familiar, you know, so you can be like, oh, I guess we're a little bit we're alike because we maybe experience some similar things or whatever it's that common ground yeah um also (coughs) in that section though is uh when he talks about i did not come to bring peace but a sword for i have come to turn 
I think that is uh, maybe misconception sometimes that like everybody thinks like Jesus was the this man of peace, which he obviously was like trying to spread that message. But S- kind we, of like he's he kind of like came and like disrupted shit, you know, like trying to speak all these new truths and and whatnot and yeah, causing man. a ruckus and like a lot of people did not like him for and sure. i think that's very like he interesting like in in like current was, times he was a revolutionary <laughs> and a renegade where you know like the renegades are just like often you know no pun intended crucified yeah or completely misunderstood yeah and, um, and i think we see like a lot of that now especially in in how for sure you know anyone anyone thinking anything that's against I mean, even just think of not even like a prophet like person, but just within like the Democratic Party about how if you don't perfectly align to whatever set of ideals. And it's probably the same thing on the Republican side, too. I just further removed from that world. Um, But yeah, like on the liberal side, it's like if you don't adhere to everything exactly like this, then. Yeah, you have to like fuck off. Yeah. And it's a weird like people are so uncomfortable with their shit being challenged but you're you're totally right about the fact that jesus like like he was not that dude like if he was around now he would he would probably be, be one of the people that you not know not be well liked not amongst like yeah he wouldn't fit into just like following what is supposed to be said no, and he'd done. be challenging a lot of it um i know pete holmes always says like you think jesus got crucified because he was telling everyone to love each other yeah. And be nice. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking, that's a, yeah, that's an easy, that's a level one teaching. You know, that's just where you start. That's where you teach kids. Like, hey, share, share that with your cousin. You know, this is what we're teaching two-year-olds. So, like, if you're an adult, you know, hopefully you got that part. That it's good. You got to love people. You got to have compassion. And then he's, yeah, he took it to the next level. He went up to level, you know, to the Christ level. Of just being, yeah, really challenging shit, pretty hard, challenging the challenging the existence of power in the world. Yeah, it's just interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Jesus got crucified because he was not liked. <laughs> yeah, not liked by a lot of fucking people. The whole crowd was like, and we'll get to this at the end, but at, at least in Matthew, the whole crowd is basically like, yeah, no, kill him. Not the like, not the murderer for sure, or the burglar or whatever. Like the actual criminal who stole stuff from people or hurt people. They're like, yeah, no, let him go and fuck Jesus. <laughs> so he was really he was saying some gnarly stuff. But yeah, he didn't. He just uh, he trusted in what he was about though. Right. And, like didn't he didn't care right. about the uh, about the haters. He's very uh, locked into his own path. For sure. So. For sure. Um, so John the Baptist coming back around in chapter 11. Yeah, John. I guess he's in jail now. Did I miss? So like chapter 11 episode? Chapter Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they left that part out. Matthew doesn't know how he got there. I don't know what happened. guess but, it's not important. Uh, yeah, chapter 11 is just kind of the disciples um, living out what jesus has asked them to do yeah shaking shit up out there share the word share the the good good news heal some people yeah and then uh they uh they let john know while he's in jail 
Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, what? How did? How? How does something like that get skipped over? I don't know, man. I just feel kind of bad. Is for John just like in 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 a uh, metaphorical prison? Or <laughs> 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 is this some, I, some deeper? <laughs> no, but no, I do I, think I, I think it's like it's so interesting because he's such a important. I mean, Jesus even says like how important this prophet is, right? Um, and he's saying like, yeah, he's fulfilling this prophecy of, um, you know, God will send a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And John the Baptist is preparing the way for the savior of the world. And it's just like, but we're not really, yeah, I get, I mean, I guess what, I guess Matthew just really want to focus on, on the J man, which makes sense. Yeah. This is his book, but Uh, poor John, man. He just gets, yeah, he gets nothing. (laughs) <laughs> his whole his whole life devoted to preparing the way for the savior of the world, and he just gets he's a footnote in the story. Yeah, and they, and he is just talking about how, you know, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and mm-hmm. forceful men lay hold of, of it. And yeah, he's he's holding it down. But Jesus is like trying to let him know, like, hey, it's uh you've done good work because we're getting things done. And you have like laid the foundation for that, for sure. Um, and yeah, it's cool, and I d- um, I think it's cool that even amongst this little story that Jesus is telling, or or, or not to John rather, he's like you know basically John the Baptist is the shit. He is like the greatest human among all of you, uh, the best that ever was. And then he says it's that he immediately says yet. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. And I still, I like that because I'm just like, I think he's still saying like, um, yeah, like the people, it's the people who understand that they don't know anything are the one who get the, get the boon. They get the bounty. John's one of those people. But yeah, it's like, which is another part of this weird paradox of like, in order to like, merge with god or whatever you you can't think yourself into it yeah you can't you gotta be think into that it. you're merging yourself into god right so you gotta like you gotta you gotta humble yourself and like yeah you basically gotta un undo unthink your way into it undo all of these things that you've learned um that you think are right or whatever because it's part of the that's part of that dualistic mind um and then yeah and then you can be with god but you can't yeah. think your way into being with god you just have to be it and i think that's kind of what jesus means by like being the least in the kingdom it's like yeah it's turning it's turning all that shit all the programming off yeah that's very much what that uh immortal diamond book is about this is like you have this in you you always have and it's right. just like all about it's right there unlearning most of what you've learned <laughs> And and just kind of revealing the pieces to yourself again, and yeah. like finding the truth and everything. Yeah, um, and the deepest truths can't be, they can't be spoken, and they can't be known by your head. They can just be felt by your heart. Yeah, and put that you can put that on a shirt too, <laughs> if you want. Um, I kind of like Jesus isn't a vegan. Better Jesus is. Not I think a that's vegan. a better, a better shirt. I think it should just be Jesus, and then like a. Does not equal sign, yeah. you know the equal sign with the hat, the slash through it. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jesus does not equal vegan, <laughs> and just that like people just have so many questions. 
That, yeah. I feel like that shirt could really raise a ruckus in, in this uh, city of Portland, Oregon that we reside in. Yeah. <laughs> I think people would like it. Yeah. I think people would like it quite a bit. Um, There's <laughs> so many layers to that. There is. Because yeah. there's the anti-religious layer of like, you know, yeah, look, Jesus wasn't a, a vegan, so fuck him. There's also the like kind of religious side of being like, fuck all you vegans. Jesus wasn't a vegan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Fantastic. Absolutely. Shout out to all the vegans out there. Thanks for yeah, not we're not eating. haters. Yeah, thanks for not eating animals and, yeah. and trying to do the right thing. Thanks for saving great. more cheeseburgers for me. Yep. <laughs> yep. Indeed. I am part of the problem. Yeah. You know, I'm try I'm trying. I'm trying to not I mean I did eat a double cheeseburger yesterday, but I'm trying to not <laughs> eat so much meat. Um Yeah, what were you saying no, about what was the last thing you said before I was just talking this about meaning? Because I feel like I had something to add. I to was that. just talking about how you can't think your way into being with God. You got to just be it, and like the yeah. importance of being the the least in the kingdom. Yeah, I still don't remember what I was going to say, but yeah, I think that okay. that's very it'll, much. It'll come back to you. It's it's where it's at, you know, um, for sure. And I mean, that's that all goes back to just the being the church on the hill thing too. No doubt, and it's all. Imagine that. It's all tied together. The message is all tied together. Um, do you have anything on the woe on unrepentant cities? I do not. I mean, I just, it's a, again, it's intense. Jesus just starts listing cities and being like, and fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. You're cool. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, all these cities are fucked. Woe on you and your fate. He probably says it again that they're, f- yep, he does. He says, uh, but I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you, you unrepentant cities. Yeah. But again, you know, I think that that harshness makes a little more sense when you think of repentance as just like you never looked at yourself and you're and the judgment isn't another being judging you. It's you judging. Judgment day is you seeing your yourself maybe like when you die or whatever. Um or at your right before you're about to die, you know, for those who don't believe in anything after death. Um, there's still that moment right before you die where you're like, was this a life well lived? Did I did I make an impact? And he's I think Jesus is saying is like, if you never repented, meaning you never really looked at yourself and tried to tried to be something better, for sure. that moment for you is gonna be real bad. Yeah. I think it's also you know, I don't know if I <laughs> if this is something I just wrote down as my own quote but i would imagine that it's somewhere in here but it's just kind of like the idea of like what did you go out into the desert to see you know like what are you like are you seeking something and sure yeah are you trying to like repent in some way or making any efforts to Hmm. yeah um yeah that's all i had on the uh on the unrepentant cities and then it gets into the rest for the weary Mm-hmm. which uh yeah come all you weary this is a, a great thrice song that i enjoy quite a bit but sure it's just uh yeah i think man there's so much in here where it's i think now it's getting to the point in this story at least where like it's super important to recognize on some level that like at least in, from a storytelling perspective, like Jesus is no longer 
really speaking as Jesus, the human. He's speaking as the Christ, as a being that's like merged with oneness or whatever. And so when he says crazy shit like, all things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. He's not talking about himself like in a physical form. He's talking no. way more. Uh, yeah. Way more metaphysically for sure. Um, yeah. But I think it's 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 interesting because it's like this is how this is how religion gets so fucked up so quickly is because like pe- yeah like people read this and they they hold on to the notion of like jesus was this person who was the only son of god um and like all of this is like stuff that he said as this person and i need to follow it to a t or whatever and like but that's not what jesus is doing it's not what's happening yeah in the story and then all of a sudden so they just missed they missed all the deeper layers of the story and as richard war says now they're just worshiping the signpost that points to where to go instead of just walking there themselves, which is what Jesus is telling you to do. Yeah. And just further isolating people and for sure. Know, and kicking making, kicking the weary out of church. Yeah. Making their own grand falloon that has like weird fucking rules like don't be gay and um, you know, feel bad about touching your dick. <laughs> for pleasure. Don't do that. <laughs> I like that you added the for pleasure part. I just wanted to say, you know, we all got to, yeah. You're not just like twiddling it around like your thumbs. No, and then you got to touch your dick to pee. I mean, I hope that you do. Otherwise, your toilet seat's like a disaster. (laughs) The floor around your toilet is like just awful. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just an interesting point of like, this is kind of the point in the story where I really, it kind of snapped a focus for me of like, yeah, Jesus is no longer like Jesus. He's no longer and like yeah, when he says something like follow me, he's not saying follow me the human being Jesus. He's saying follow me Christ consciousness. Follow the part of yourself that wants to do have a positive impact on those around you and love people and like, you know, question power structures and do what's you know find true justice and truth and goodness and beauty in the world follow that within yourself and honor it he's not saying follow me as a person yeah absolutely and then i think with the along with that stuff about you know walking walking that path is also touches upon like just this whole you know laying your burden down and think like being easy on yourself sometimes <clears throat> not being not being so hard on yourself through through the walk and it's a hard walk you know and uh kind of surrendering some of those burdens sometimes and trying to lean into the the gentle humble heart yeah for sure do you have a note on that on that thrice song that pertains to that section um End of chapter 11. It's just more like just the the chorus of that song is come all you weary. Um, come gather around Miri or come gather around near me. Find rest for your souls. And like, yeah, I think that is like the main thing. 
Man, who isn't? If you're not a little bit weary in 2020, what are you doing? What are you? What world are you seeing? Yeah, I, <laughs> absolutely, man. And can, or what are you on? And can I have some? <laughs> Fucking, I'm a little broken down over here. Yeah, I mean, slogging through sometimes. That's yeah. That's that whole. Th- I think it's really easy though with like these you know these these rules that have been made up in these churches about like um just extreme judgment for the sins because that is such a yeah it, it is like very harsh terminology when they talk like talking about the sinning and how we're we're all sinners and you're sinning and <laughs> everybody's always worrying worrying about sinning and then they're worrying about everybody else sinning and right. yeah, it's just, it is like, just makes it, I think, really easy to isolate and push people out. For sure. Of well, the, and it's just the a weird notion to be like, we're all sinners, but your gay sins are worse than mine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, what the fuck? That's not fair. That's not fair at all. They're all, they're all sins, right? They're all punishable by death in the fucking, in hell and whatnot. So it's like, from a logical perspective, I feel like people struggle with that. For and sure. that's like a quick way that people are, are you know, going to call out bullshit on especially American Christianity. Well, all of Christianity, really. I mean, the Pope isn't down with gay people. But I think that that is, yeah, that's a quick way um, that people are just like, yeah, I think this is all bullshit because that doesn't make any sense. And there's also like the paradox of like, if Jesus saves your soul from, you know, from sins and like forgives you, then like I remember when I was like 12. I was like, well, why not just live like a dope life filled with all the sin? And then at the very end, be like, JK, please forgive me, <laughs> Jesus. And you still get to go forgive to heaven. Forgive me, I have sinned. Yeah, as long as you mean it earnestly, you know. But then, yeah, you don't get to go to heaven at that point. Well, at the your, end. Whole life the was, end, your whole life you, was hell. Yeah, like you missed it. You missed it. Like Maybe. Or maybe, your whole life maybe. was dope. I don't know. It's true. I just think a lot of people... The way that that's been co-opted, for sure, is what pushes so many people away, myself included. And part of the reason why, like, I just can absolutely not be a part of, like, organized religion. Even if I did believe this shit on, like, a strong enough level to to want... I mean, yeah, again, like, I miss, I miss community and stuff like that. But I just can't... I can't be a part of an organization that, like... Um, yeah, that doesn't seem to understand that. Like individuals within it sort of do, but then the organization as a whole, it's like double fuck these people. Yeah. It's very strange to I th- me. I think it's also, for me personally, it just feels, you know, I understand that the church, going to church on Sunday or whenever day you go should probably hopefully be this uplifting experience, but... I just always get the sense that, like, people aren't really, like, they're putting on a facade a lot of the times to appear that they're living Christ-like. A, ho- a holy life, yeah. Where, like... Instead of showing up in their of brokenness. Sh- yeah, and and really trying to, like, lean into that or even not feeling guilty to speak upon the things that you are struggling with. Sure. You know, and I think that was one of the things I started to feel a little uncomfortable in that, that it didn't make a lot of sense to me in in that space. And maybe it's just like my own personal insecurities of being in there as well. But 
I just I just didn't feel like it. Would, I I don't know. It just seems like a place where a lot of judgment goes down, which is yeah, which Jesus is, is saying the biggest miss over of the and message. over. Yeah, don't do that. So don't do that. Don't judge people. Right. Um. So. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird, man. It is very weird. Chapter twelve, though, this is the this is the verse I wanted to pull out, and this is what we'll put on the back of that. Jesus is definitely not a vegan shirt. Um, it's verse twelve from chapter twelve. Uh, twelve, 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 twelve. Yeah, so he's talking about you know the the disciples or Pharisees or something are talking about like basically breaking the Sabbath, and they're trying to like catch Jesus in a trap of like, well, you know, would you? You know, can you break the Sabbath for these specific reasons, whatever? Uh, and Jesus is basically like, yeah, you fucking dummies. <laughs> um, but anyways, he brings up this thing of like, look, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? Like, wouldn't you break the Sabbath to shave, save that sheep's life? And then just to hammer it home, he's like, how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? <laughs> <laughs> Just there it goes again. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, which I think is a great, um, just to make this a little more wholesome. That is a that is an interesting point where he's basically just like, look, it's not about following the law and following the rules. Like you, you got to learn the rules. You got to have the Ten Commandments so that you have like some kind of baseline or whatever. But then like. You're gonna you're gonna break all the rules so that you can do real justice in the world, and do real good in the world. Real good is not done by following the rules. The civil rights movement doesn't happen by people falling in line with society. It happens by people being like, "No, fuck, fuck this. this. This is not questioning." Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see some of that happening in in the world today, um, for sure. But yeah, like the real. Justice and goodness comes from from giving the middle finger to the rules. And that's what Jesus was like kinda all about. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then there's also on uh verse twenty five in chapter twelve. This is also very applicable to today's times and it's every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And yeah, it's just <laughs> a very very interesting time for that, I think. In America specifically sure. right now, where and it is specifically the where left, the left versus the right thing has probably I don't know in our life in my lifetime has never been stronger for sure than that divide. like this team versus team yeah, you know tribe tribalism then, thing. Then even within the teams, Div- more divide, more divide. Like the left is so divided against itself. It's why everyone's freaking out right now, being like, I, "Is is the Democratic Party going to be able to take down Trump?" they're not even united with themselves right what chance do they possibly have and jesus if he was here right now he would say no that house will not stand and i think also he's right i think i think we're fucked man (laughs) fucked right now for more years not feeling good about it i haven't been following it super closely but fucking when i do i'm just like god damn it bunch of fucking it this there's just, it just so feels many, bogus all of it dude it's all bogus there's so many dummies everywhere and i'm one of them but god fuck it's just i don't know i think that's a very funny um quote to pull out for sure just because like this it's some is deep a pl- wi- it's some deep wisdom this is also just like a place that 
really prides itself on being like this Christian nation. And <laughs> it's just like, hey, maybe look into this um, and see that this is all playing against right. each other, but also plays into whatever weird plan you have to keep it separate. And yeah, I mean, but like on a more universal level, this like goes down to, you know, you know, d- even different sectors of Christianity being against each other sure. or religion in general of like, for sure. It's like, Oh, we're better than them. And it's yeah. just like, no, we're all supposed to be out here together. Right. And you're letting all this identity shit kind of, kind of divide in some way. I think it's even too, uh, a little bit like, like with yourself, don't be divided against yourself, which kind of goes back to what you're saying about like, have some like grace and love and compassion for yourself too. That's something that I've been like really struggling with, you know, the last probably decade of my life uh, as I get into adulthood. Um, like I'm good at loving other people and serving others and like, but I'm not good at loving myself. Dude, I don't that know why it's so hard. That doesn't help people though. <laughs> that doesn't help the world to not love yourself. Right. To be divided against yourself. That's not... It's not a good way to be, and so, but yeah, it is difficult. It's hard. It's hard. And there's so much about myself that I don't like, and there's so much about myself that I would like to change or whatever. Um, but part of loving yourself is just like accepting who you actually are, accept, accepting the things that you maybe can't change and, and trying to change the things that you can. What's that? That's in the like sobriety prayer, right? Yeah. I think that's a cool, Sur- that's yeah. a, the serenity prayer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a cool concept. Um, just surrendering, surrendering in general, I think yeah. is like a good thing to, uh, to remember to every once in a while within certain things, you know? Sure. There needs to be some, some degree of surrender to live a, a purposeful life. But yeah, I don't know. I'm very much in that same, same boat of like really struggle for compassion for myself and giving my, like giving myself slack. Yeah. Over simple shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, same. you know? It's just the kind of shit that keeps me up at night sometimes is silly. But it is very funny that, you know, also in that way, I'm, I feel like I'm decent and very willing to serve and do things for someone else. Right. It's just like, well, I need to do all these things today. But, you know, Daryl needs help building you know a a resume today and i'm gonna do that instead of look for a job myself which i need (laughs) to do you know yeah yeah things things like that and for sure but you're right it doesn't at yeah you're doing like that act of service and that feels good and and occupies the mind but also like it's you're very much just not taking care of your own shit yeah your service is gonna dry out um, so you're not going to be able to serve people for much longer if you're not loving yourself. And then also the service is not as good as it could have been. Had you been rooted in love for yourself? It's easy to like mask that. Right. Of, of like that avoidance of what you should be doing for yourself too, by saying, well, I was busy doing all these things for other people. Right. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into the speaking in parables and, I don't know, like we're we're an hour and a half deep. Let's do I would like to talk a little bit about chapter thirteen. 
and then maybe maybe we cut it. We yeah, did real good today. Let's, we, let's get into the uh, speaking of in parables then, and and, cool. and the stuff in thirteen, and then uh, we we can uh, we, we got. W- Wrap we got this one, thing up. two, three, four, five. We might do six whole pages today. <laughs> I guess we gotta just give up. I don't know why I had this notion of like, or why? Why do I care? Why do I care about us? How many yeah, chapters dude, we? We're get just through? on the journey. Just be on the journey, man. <laughs> and now I'm gonna beat myself up for that and be like, "Are you fucking dummy? Yeah, why did you know that all along?" Anyways, parable of the sower. I think this is a really great story and it has so many different like layers of meaning um and the story is basically like well let, let's just read it really quick a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Um, And, yeah, I think part of that, like Jesus is talking about, um, you know, the deepest deepest well is going to be the one that draws water. Like, you got to get the good soil. It also ties back to what we were talking about before of, like, um yeah like it don't waste your don't waste your time and effort on things that are on things and people that are like not going to be fruitful so if that person in your life is not ready to yeah make a transformation or whatever like um you're just sowing your seeds on rocky soil and it's not it's a waste of your time yeah i think this is like another one of those things where it's like there is that line, that difficult line to figure yeah. out, like, is this person like worth investing my energy to anymore? I think that's like one of those things that's like really hard as you get older. Um, For sure. You know, just trying to make sense of relationships, friendships yeah. and things of that nature of, you know, what's what's feeding you as well and not just, you know the other way around or right you know and everything in your life right not just friendships but like what about what about your job and work what about um yeah the ways that you spend your time like what do you spend your time doing like is that feeding your soul right is that part of the good soil where you can yeah a place where you from which you can spring up and be a better version of yourself you can't really make big changes in your life um yeah, if you don't kind of like rearrange some shit, you know, like you're like, OK, going back to the example of like being sober. Like you can't get sober and then just keep your life exactly the same as it was. Yeah. You know, you have to like you have to make some big changes to your environment. Um, and Richard Rohr says this. I think he's like, you know, you can't. um, You can't think your way or you can't think yourself into new ways of living but you can live yourself into new ways of thinking so like true transformation comes from like being it and doing it and that's part i think that's part of that good soil you know of like cultivating the good soil like you got it's it's your life it's like what you're doing it's what you're living 
And like that's going to ultimately roll all the way up and affect the way that you think and view the world as well. Yeah. Mm. It's so. just so easy to so much easier to be the weeds. Than sure. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Takes work to uh to plant like to yeah. To make the good soil. It just definitely takes way more work. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also like this section in chapter... There's a couple more things in chapter 13 yeah, that I really like. Absolutely. Um, yeah, where Jesus is just talking about how, like, um, people, you know, have all of this knowledge of of the kingdom of heaven. Basically just uh, saying, like, like, referring to, like, the Pharisees and, like, people who think they know or whatever. It's like, no... Through seeing, they do not see. Through hearing, they do not hear or understand. Um, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Um, for these people's hearts um, have become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. So it's just this, yeah, it's this, I mean, I feel like a lot of, you know, like super conservative people in, in the church are, I mean, that's what, they're the Pharisees of today, essentially, like you're surrounding yourself with like all things Jesus and you're not seeing a fucking thing. Yeah. Or hearing a fucking thing that he said. And he's even in his bike. He knew that like that was going to happen. He's calling you out right fucking now in chapter 13 of Matthew. He's talking to you being like, yeah, you don't like you think uh, like, yeah, you think like, I don't, I don't know, whatever bullshit conservative Christian thing. Like, yeah, you're the problem. You're not, you don't see. You don't, you hear, but you don't understand. Yeah. It's very much like that echo chamber. For sure. Effect. Of, For sure. Of things. It's hard. Yeah. I think it's definitely like hard to learn when you're just surrounded by the same thing and aren't, aren't like having your eyes open to, uh, yeah, just different life experiences and whatnot. Sure. There's like no... There's no reason for you to like go outside of yourself and and like practice understanding, right? Um. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I do the parable of the weeds. Speaking of weeds, is a really good one as well. And uh, to me, uh, yes, I'm I'm uh, I'm deep into the parable of weeds. Yeah. Right now. Oh, are you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. But to me, like with the weeds. Um, that parable, it's just like, it's all, it's all part of the game, the weeds and the wheat, you know? So yeah, you can't have any of the good without the bad and you shouldn't, it's part of that like non dualistic thinking of like, you're, that thing is bad because you've labeled it as bad. It's actually just a thing. You've decided it's bad in, in relation to you, but it's a part of the experience of being it's a part of like the bad things bring you closer to God as well. It's not just the good things because if God is just being, yeah, it helps you identify being in those in things business, then for sure. But yeah, the weeds and like talking about how the weeds and the wheat are, are equally as important Definitely. in that story is very, very interesting though. I will say in the next section, Jesus goes on to explain the parable 
from oh yeah working man and i was like oh shit that's not at all what i thought <laughs> like it's kind of gnarly what he said it's like kind of metal in the, and gnarly. In the mustard seed no the he, after that he's the parable of the weeds explained um oh yes yeah and he's bas- yeah he's like you know uh the one who sowed the good seed is son of man uh field is the world the weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil and the harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels and i was just like wait 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 that's not what i got that's not what i got out of this story at all <laughs> and then it just goes into like basically judgment day and it's like yeah and then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom their father um and it, like yeah everyone else is going to be thrown into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth again with the weeping and gnashing of teeth and i was like wait yeah i just didn't i was like reading into this way more like from a mystical perspective and then i was like oh jesus you just undid my like dope understanding <laughs> of your of your parable why'd you do that oh, well, <laughs> what was like your mystical understanding of it that like the weeds and the wheat are all part of the all just part the, of the experience yeah, of being alive for you sure. know the good and the bad and like um that, yeah, yeah that part of it you can't you can't throw that out yeah i don't yeah, it's it is again pretty heavy when he starts yeah. talking about the the gnashing of the teeth and for sure but yeah man yeah there's a bunch of parables in here parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl parable of the net i don't have anything to say on those other parables you know yeah neither do i'm I all like storied mostly out mostly about the the weeds and uh what was your takeaway from that from that story um yeah i think like the field is the world thing like makes a lot of sense you sure. know and um i th- i i got a lot out of just like again just being the, the weeds and like leaning into that stuff is is like way easier to do than like be a good farmer and like a good harvester of things hmm. and hmm. um yeah i like the idea of like the harvesters being the angels though and just uh but what the fuck does that mean <laughs> <laughs> what do you like about it just that you know I don't know those the the people who uh I feel like those are the people that like look after the farm you know these uh there's there's I think there's definitely like folks that are out there to to try to keep you from out of the weeds in some ways and yeah I don't know you mean like angels guiding your life like a little bit, like trying to keep you out of the, keep, keep you away from the bad? Yeah. Protect you a little bit? For sure. I mean, yeah, the angels showed up for Joseph. You know, don't forget that in a big way. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's strange though because you can like get that message from anyone. Like anybody can be. Sure. Like a stranger uh, can be that, yeah, that kind of angel. I mean, that's like my favorite. Well, not my favorite. It's It's a funny thing that christians still do to this day is they'll be telling a story of like you know and then that person was my angel it'll maybe be the story of like you know when my mom passed 
I was at the hospital. This didn't actually happen to me. I'm just, I'm parroting, right? Right. But yeah, they'll be like, you know, when my mom passed, I'm at the hospital and I'm really struggling and whatever. And then all of a sudden there's this like really nice old lady just like next to me on the bench. I don't know where she came from. I don't know who she was. And she just said like something really loving and eye opening to me. And then, you know, just like that, she was gone. And she was just, she was my angel that day. I think she was an angel. (laughs) I was like, no, I think she was an old lady, but yeah. Yeah, it's a thing that I heard a lot growing up. And I thought I always thought that was interesting. I don't know. Angels. I feel like it's probably mostly just me like wanting to believe, but I feel like I can go pretty like mystical and far out with the the angels thing at some point of just like ghosts in some way. Sure. Um, Forces unseen. I don't know. And just the idea this is like a pretty I don't know, maybe it's just like a little out there to think that like the idea of of sometimes death has to like physical death has to occur um to keep others alive in some way like weird ways of sure. like people looking after you i don't know mm. man i just feel like i've had some weird moments where i'm just like i don't know that could have turned yeah. pretty gnarly like i probably could have just been like i mean i could have died on that cross at eight <laughs> i could have yeah, got right into my throat like jesus took the wheel yeah or like somebody else did you know just sure like sure just just a couple of people that I feel like are very spiritually connected to that are, you know, on the other side of things. Hmm. And it's just like, it's like, whoa, man, is the, could that be like a real thing that like there are uh, beings like guiding and hands. energies to like pull you out of some shit real quick or like a guiding hand? Yeah, it's you a know? nice thought. Um, I don't, and I know so. that's like, in, like <laughs> I realize that of is course, like of course, incredibly wild, but like. That's a nice thought. I I would love it. I think I would love that to be true. And I just yeah. I don't know why. Um Yeah. Well, I guess I do know why I can't believe in that. But <laughs> <laughs> science? <laughs> yes, yeah, some some yeah, shit like I'd that. I don't know. But it is uh it's a lovely thought. It really is. Yeah. So I mean we yeah. We really did it today. I feel like we did. I mean, we're we are proving that this is probably going to take longer than we anticipated. It's a dense it's a dense book. Like uh, I think I think if we both of us have the intention to hopefully after we get in the groove of this thing and people seeing what it is, maybe to have some definitely have some like guests on and thinking about adding a third person into this. It's just like we might get through four chapters. We might get through one, one verse. <laughs> one verse. Yeah. I mean, it just might. I do like the idea of, you know, just just going wherever it takes us. Because, yeah. Why not talk about. Why it's not take a it. quick quick aside and talk about angels, even though Jesus was really talking mostly about wheat. Yeah. He was talking about wheat. Yeah. But let's talk about angels. Getting for a your second. shit right. Are they in the outfield? <laughs> we don't know. That one movie says this yes. Is very funny. I made a reference to that this that movie this morning already. A Joseph Gordon Lovett. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. That's an. I mean, that's if that's not a guiding hand, what is? We both bring up angels in the outfield today, right? Of all days. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. <laughs> I haven't talked. I haven't talked or thought about that movie in ages, and yet here we are. What a mysterious, mysterious world. Um. Yeah. 
I yeah, I don't know. It's gonna take us a while. It's, it's gonna take us a while, and I that's very very okay. Yeah. And hopefully, like, I don't know. I think I think already I have um I have like seen a couple of things we touched upon last week um very much insert itself into my life or like me being able to like recognize something within my my day-to-day life of how it, like it applies yeah like yeah the uh last week we talked about the uh putting your faith to the test putting your god to the test like yeah and like what that kind of meant and mm-hmm. to each of us or whatever and just kind of already knowing something before you do it um hmm. yeah yeah i thought a lot about that actually this last week too don't put god to the test and still thinking of it through that really like mystical understanding of like don't like just be just be and by like not loving yourself you're questioning your own being yeah. In like a in a way that's putting God to the test. You know, I'm not putting God to the test by being like praying for a new hot tub and then being like, "We'll see." Yeah. Um yeah, I don't think that's what Jesus meant. I think ju- I think it's way more mystical than that. I think it's really just about like yeah, just lean in, lean into being alive and and uh yeah, like m- make sure you maintain that as like a holy sacred thing. For sure try to leaning into like what is true yeah and whatnot yeah i don't know i've just been thinking i've been thinking about this how that applied to this this one night stand experience that i had oh yeah <laughs> like my first ever one night stand sure at the age of 34 years old you know mm-hmm. and just i don't know i just feel like i already knew the what the results of that were going to be and it's just like Oh, this is like not something that's very like true or important to me. Like it's right. just not like really part of my being. And like I kind of always felt like it wouldn't be a super serving experience to me. Sure. And it was, and like it wasn't. But then, it on <laughs> but the also it was like this experience. Yeah, it's a part of you. Like a necessary a, experience. Yeah, it's a part of for me. it's a part of your thing. And like, yeah. And then on the flip side of that, it's like, yeah. Instead of like ruminating on it and being hard on yourself for like not seeing that clearly you were gonna uh not get anything out of that just be like no like it happened as part it's part of it was yeah and now i know for sure so yeah hmm. it's just funny the things that we seem to like sometimes need to know for sure sure even though you know those things sometimes should we start should we start ending this with with prayer requests (laughs) yeah yeah. How can I how can I lift um, you up this week? Andrew, Daniel? please pray for me. <laughs> uh please pray that I get my shit together this week. Like I said, oh, I was man. going to and get back to the gym and uh get my life back on track because right now it's being That's a big one. And you know, my room is dirty right now. It's a big That's ass. what I'm telling you. My room's dirty and uh you know. I think I'd like to I think I'd like to ask for um for a visit from an angel this week. Yeah? Yeah. I think I'm I think I'd like an angel to come tell me what to do. You know? That's that's what I would ask for from you. Well, I just uh I just pray. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, not right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, you don't want me to pray on 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no, the cast. In, just in your heart, man. Just in your heart. That's fine. <laughs> That'll everybody be just fine. Everybody pray for Andrew. Anyways, <laughs> if y'all have any prayer requests, go ahead and send them over. And yeah, or know, just anything else. It's it's bring Bible into the we'll bring them into the fold. It's Bible Buds, uh, PDX at gmail.com. And then Bible Buds on Instagram. We're gonna get, we're gonna get this Bible Buds community really banging. Hopefully, we get some vegan uh, Jesus. Is, is the equals not a vegan? Yeah, shirts. Jesus is not a vegan. And uh, perhaps uh, maybe we'll go on tour with the Fishers of Men, one of the many Fishers of Men Christian yeah, we'll rock have to bands. To figure out which one's our fave, <laughs> we should do that. Bonus episode. Yeah. Fishers of Men playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess that's it. We'll we'll pick it up next time. Sounds good. On uh on fourteen. Cool. If you're following along at home. And uh, you know. Salting up the earth, baby. Yeah. Be it. Be it, do it. Salty. <laughs>